Hello, world, and welcome into the In My Footsteps podcast. I am the host, Christopher Sutherland, coming to you from the vacation destination known as Cape Cod, Massachusetts. And this is a special bonus episode. It is episode 46. As you all know by now, the bonus episodes are a little shorter, hyper-focused on one particular topic. And of course, being the week that it is, this topic is going to be all the things that I'm thankful for. I hope that all of you out there have a wonderful Thanksgiving and you get to spend it with as many friends and family and people that you care about. Like I said on last week's episode, this is probably going to be one big long shout out to all kinds of people, places, businesses. I hope they're all listening and I hope you understand how much I appreciate all of you. I also hope that nobody was fooled by the fact that this podcast dropped on a Tuesday rather than a Thursday. I wasn't dumb enough to put this up on a Thursday when it's Thanksgiving, but who knows? Maybe you're listening to it on Thanksgiving, and I appreciate that, but I figured the numbers would be a lot lower, so I hedged my bets and dropped it a couple days earlier. And I chose Tuesday, November 23rd. I chose that date for a very particular reason, because it's my sister Katie's birthday. You've heard me mention her and her company, Wear Your Wish, her clothing and apparel company at wearyourwishes.com. You hear them every week on the podcast. And I've mentioned it before about all of her hard work and all the dedication and the risk, the calculated risk that she put into creating her own company. When you go to the website, all the products there, that's her idea straight from her mind. I wanted to make sure that she got the first shout out on here for her birthday. And I'm just so proud of all of the work that she's done. That's why I loved the ability to promote her business on the podcast or on social media, because I know how hard it is to do the kind of work, the work that you love. I mean, just this podcast right here, recording it, editing it, marketing it, creating visual aids or videos and doing the research for topics. I know how hard it is to create that. So I love the ability to share her stuff with you. So I hope you have a really happy birthday. I hope you, you'll end up hearing this guaranteed after your birthday. So it'll be like an extra present. If you're listening to it on Thanksgiving, though, I'm going to dive in right now to all the things I'm thankful for. That has to start off with the food of Thanksgiving. I was going to do a top five list, but I figured it would be too hard to just name all my top five favorite Thanksgiving foods. Because for me, you have to start with the turkey. But if you don't have turkey for Thanksgiving, sometimes people have ham. I remember back in the day, there were times that my father would make cornbread stuffed pork. That was mostly a Christmas thing, though. You got turkey and gravy. Mashed potatoes are a must. I don't know if you prefer whipped, like the fake mashed or the real ones that are like lumpy so you know they're homemade. Salt, pepper, a little bit of garlic cranberry sauce, and then the regular stuffing. Stovetop was always the best. You don't have to make homemade stuffing. Just get stovetop with the bag of seasonings in it. Butternut squash or candied yams, they're pretty similar. You need bread, or as my Nana would always say, nice warm rolls. She would, when we would go over Thanksgiving, she would say that like she knew everyone liked all the other foods. It's like she felt bad for them, so she would give them a special announcement. Oh, and we got nice warm rolls. I'm like, yeah, but I want turkey and mashed and stuffing. At my Nana's, we'd have the green bean casserole with the French fried onions on top. I was never a big fan, but it does remind me of her. 
and the classic cheesy hash brown potatoes that can't remember if she always made it, but I know my Uncle Bob kind of inherited the job of making them and desserts, cakes and pies. But at my Nana's, it was always pumpkin pie with Cool Whip. Always Cool Whip. (laughs) I remember that with my Nana, the Cool Whip. We'd have the big container in the fridge. How much food did you guys eat on Thanksgiving? And I don't mean just this year in particular, but it just seems like your stomach doesn't know when to quit on Thanksgiving. That's the holiday season. That's why most of us gain weight because it's just so easy with so much dense food that tastes great. And at my Nana's, we would always go for a walk around the neighborhood or go down to a cranberry bog after we ate to try to burn off some of the calories. Those were always fun. Those walks, there was always nonstop comedy there. Did any of you ever have snow on Thanksgiving? I can remember one year we had a real bad snowstorm on Cape Cod. Well, it's bad for Thanksgiving in November. And my grandparents were coming over. I remember having, I was probably 11 years old, having to go out in the snow and help push the car so they could get into the driveway. But I mentioned a lot of those comfort foods that you get on Thanksgiving. And I thought it'd be fun to kind of name off some of my favorite places, not just on Cape Cod, but in kind of this area. And I thought of it as comfort food for my soul. I've mentioned it a lot before, but Englewood Beach in West Yarmouth, that's a big time spot for me. That was my Nana's beach where she would go and do her crossword puzzles. If I ever went to her house, you know, when I was in my 20s and 30s, if I went there and her car wasn't there, it was like 99.9% sure that she was down at Englewood Beach doing her crosswords. Going there is like a comfort spot for me because I can kind of feel her there. And it's nice to have that because I can't really go to her old house. It got sold. And unfortunately, she really doesn't have a grave. Her ashes were scattered over my grandfather's grave. So you really can't do much there. So it's nice to have places to go to that remind you of people that are important. I always love to go to Chatham Lighthouse also. Any of you that follow me on social media, you know that I always take pictures of it. I go there Maybe not once a month, but it's pretty damn close. And I always take pictures and I always caption them with, you know, of course I'm here. I also love to go to the Plymouth waterfront because that area my parents lived at when they were teenagers before they had kids. So it's fun to kind of be in that area. It's got this connection to me that I can kind of feel. It's like a second home almost. And it's nice to kind of go to places where your parents met or where they live, things before they became parents. I don't know if you guys have places out there, you know, that you go to where if you're having a bad day, if there's somewhere within 10, 20 minutes of where you live that you can go to and it kind of decompresses you. It's funny for me, it used to actually be Bass Hole, Gray's Beach in Yarmouthport. It was a place that I went with two of my closest friends ever in my life. We used to always go and hang out there. That kind of was a comfort zone spot. But with the advent of Instagram, it's an excellent place for sunset photography with this long boardwalk sticking out into a marshy area. And it's become so popular now, so it's always full. I still check out Bass Hole, but not as much as I used to. And kind of a cheat as far as comfort zone type places is in the off season going to anywhere on the outer Cape. Once you pass by the Orleans Rotary, it's typically so desolate and quiet out there, like how Cape Cod probably was a hundred years ago. And I find myself just wandering out there, driving down any side road. That's how I find these cool little nooks that are unfamiliar to me. 
basically anywhere on the outer cape you'll find me in the winter if i have time even if i'm not taking pictures just to soak in the sun and the sand even if it's like 20 degrees out and i think about this project the podcast my writing my passions in life and i start to think back of those people that have given me a chance and helped stoke the fire of creativity and the passion and all those people that i'm thankful for I wouldn't be doing this. I wouldn't be working on a seventh and eighth book without people to take a chance on me because I'm not famous. I don't have clout. So you've got to pin your hope sometimes on people that see something in you. And obviously family and close friends will believe in you and help push you. And that's great. And when I think of people that I'm thankful for as far as career goes, the first person that pops in my head is a man named Bill D'Souza Mock. You may not have heard his name on the podcast before. He's a really great travel and tourism guide in Massachusetts, but he's someone that after my first book came out, he reached out to me because he was kind of like, I know all of the authors on Cape Cod. How come I don't know you? We became friends. We would meet up for coffee and just chat. He would have people to talk to, but he'd also just have knowledge and words of wisdom for me when I was just starting out. And as I went on with books, the second and third books about Martha's Vineyard in Nantucket, he was there to help with tickets on the ferry and sometimes passes for the car and places to stay, places to eat. My historic restaurants of Cape Cod book wouldn't be a thing if it wasn't for Bill. It's in the book and it's in every book that's come since that this book wouldn't exist without him because he put in the word for me with Arcadia Publishing. They were looking for someone to do that kind of book, and he recommended me. That wouldn't have just come to me. I wouldn't have known where to look. So I've always been deeply thankful and grateful to Bill for kind of taking a chance on me. He didn't have to do all those things to help me cement my name, at least in the area. I'm also really grateful to the Osterville Village Library because that's where I did my first event. They kind of took a chance on me in 2014. Just some no-name kid, local author with a Cape Cod travel guide, and they allowed me the chance to have this amazing first book event where my grandpa was the first person there. He was waiting for me when I got there, and he was so proud, and I was able to show him, look, your belief in me, grandpa, I got to hear. Even if I don't do anything more, I have an event that people are going to come to see me about something I did, and it wasn't just all family. People took time out of their day to come to an event of something that I did. And that's where it comes from when I talk about on the podcast, thanking people for taking a minute to listen to this. That's sincere because this right now what I'm recording, it's fun. It's something I love to do and I enjoy just like with my books or with any of my blogs. If you take a minute and you read my stuff, it's amazing. This is all out of my head and you don't have to do it. Nobody out there has to listen to this, but you do, and I'm so grateful. There are so many others, and I'm trying to keep this bonus episode short. It's got to fit a certain time frame, but there's other places that have helped me immensely on the way. Places like the Waquasset Resort in East Harwich, they bought copies of my first book for all of their rooms. They're the only five-star resort on Cape Cod. You don't know what that does for you. And I'm sure all of you out there listening, you have those people, places that have helped you to get to wherever you're at, whatever you're doing. So hopefully you appreciate them and this gets you thinking about them. But to me, most important are the family and friends that have been there for me throughout my life. 
even those that have come and gone, I still appreciate and I don't want to leave anyone out. But obviously, I start with my mother, who's always had my back, my siblings, my sister, Kate, who I mentioned at the top, my sisters, Lindsay and Ashley, and my brother, Matt. I remember when we were kids and we would all fight all the time. And mom would say, you know, someday when you guys grow up, you're going to be all each other has. And she would also say, when you grow up, you're all going to be friends. And we'd just be like, no, we won't. And here it is now. I'm in my mid-40s and my siblings are my closest friends. It also doesn't hurt that they gave me three nieces and three nephews that just basically made the last 20 plus years of my life worthwhile. As I got older, having nieces and nephews, because I doubt I'm going to have any kids of my own, But having them was just like refreshing my soul and made getting older not as bad. Kaylee was the original. I always called her Ducky. But she, when she got older, she didn't like it. And then I don't know if you mind it now as much as you did back then. And then Emma was always E. I can still call her that because that's not a bad nickname. And then came Liam. And he's now 15 and way taller than me. And it's amazing to see the boys become men. My nephew Landon now the same way. They get like the teenage boy mustaches and grow their hair out. I had a goatee in high school, so I can't say anything. And Luke, he was the littlest one for the longest time. He always had these cute blonde curls. I always loved his hair. If my hair looked like his, I would grow it back out, but it doesn't. And then little Sylvie came along, and she's not even three years old yet. It's another one where it's I could easily be diving into a midlife crisis, but seeing her and getting to spend time with her usually once a week, it helps kind of keep my soul young. I'm so thankful to have all of them, even if as they get older, they don't really want to spend time with their crazy uncle. I mean, I was the same way, but maybe it'll all come back around when I'm in my 60s. You'll take pity on me and come visit when I'm in the nut house. And there's my father. Some people say I've inherited my voice, my speaking voice, and my sense of humor from him. So if you don't like my dry, sarcastic wit, that's who you can blame. My father's side of the family, my Nana would say we were sharp. I guess that was like a biting sense of humor. My Uncle Bob, my Uncle Eric, Aunt Susie, Aunt Emma, and my cousins, Patrick and Ryan and Tracy down in Florida. We didn't have that many get-togethers as a family because Tracy's in Florida, but those were always good times. And more recently, the holidays, we've been over at my Aunt Kelly's house on my mother's side of the family, and it's so great to get to spend time with her, Uncle Keith, Sarah, and little Keith. He's not little anymore, the best runner in the family, although my Uncle Steve might have something to say about that. But, you know, there's plenty of time. He's in his late 60s, Keith, so, I mean, you got almost 40 years to go. My Aunt Amy and Uncle John, I'll probably see you guys on Thanksgiving, hopefully. And maybe we'll see Cousin Kathleen again. Hopefully on Christmas, it'll be another fun family get-together. But it goes way beyond the family and family get-togethers. There's been so many good friends currently and in my life so along the way. As I get into my 40s, I appreciate those people so much more. When I talk about friends, I can't start without my buddy Steve. You've heard me mention him so much on here with our photography trips, but just being a good man and a good friend, he's one of those I know I can count on if I ever need him and vice versa, (laughs) whether it's putting in a dock or getting up at 3 a.m. to go drive to Maine. And speaking of Maine, I couldn't leave out my friend Shana. I mean, we go back a long ways, you know, what, almost 25 years. 
And, you know, I go out of my way to come and visit up in Maine. I mean, granted, not this year, but still, she's another I'm so proud of because she's gotten into fitness and personal training now, and she's helping people, and that's just excellent. That just shows who she is. And Deanna and Michael, who have put up with my craziness for over 10 years, whether it's sitting in the basement when we get a tornado warning, those are always like classic fun times. And I know I'm going to end up missing people when I get to the friends. I don't have anything written down. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. People that I'm really thankful for, Barry and John, we go back forever. Barry and I go back 35 years. He gets mentioned a lot. John doesn't as much, and that's not because I don't love him and think he's like my brother. He's in LA, and he's in video games, and he's he makes video games. He's made them back in the 90s when I was like, what are you doing with this computer stuff? And then he ends up working on World of Warcraft and stuff, and I'm like, oh my god, I guess you knew what you were doing. There are times that I wish that he and Barry still lived on the Cape, but I mean, when they got out of college, Barry went to Rhode Island, John went to California, and they've got great lives. They married great women that made perfect partners, and I sometimes I'm envious of them, the lives that they have. This is fun to have the freedom to do what I feel like doing whenever, but their lives feel a lot more important a lot of the time. And there's others that I'm so grateful for. People like Kalen, Coach KO, Tornado of Sunshine, just someone that brings so much light and goodness and joy to wherever she goes. It was no wonder why I would bring you in to work at Mind, Body, Spine and the new gym that's opening. Selfishly to have some of that good vibes that you bring kind of rub off in the air. It makes it a better place. And people like Crystal, who basically gave me my first platform to bring my first book to an after hours event for the, I think it was for the town of Dennis. You invited me there and she's been friends with my sisters forever. And so she's been basically part of the family since as long as I can remember. And my buddy Mike with Barb's Bike Shop, you know, I haven't ridden as much as I did last year. I'm trying to get back into running. It's always a blast. He's got this nonstop energy, infectious. His humor is kind of wild. It's a blast hanging out with him. And we got to get Greg back out to ride with us. I'll do a night ride again. You, Mike, and Steve, and Greg, like the, we did that one time. And then there's people that I don't see much anymore or hear from much anymore, but are still important parts of what made me who I am as I grew up. I think I just mentioned Hassan on episode 44 about Tecmo Super Bowl. He literally just got another degree from Cornell University. He's got so many college degrees. I mean, it's am- not amazing because I shouldn't say that. It would sound like I was surprised that he has all of this skill and knowledge. But still, it's one of those things. I look at his wall of degrees and certifications that he has and wish I had that kind of skill. And then there's Monique, who she... I mean, she's one of the best friends I've ever known, and she and I were very similar personality-wise, which could be good and bad, but she moved off Cape Cod, and she ended up going off to join FEMA because all she wanted to do was search and rescue and help people when they're in trouble with disasters. How much more admirable of a cause could you have than helping people in need? And of course, there's Dawn, who I wouldn't have met without Monique, and she's another one, just so much fun, but very wise and deep and thoughtful. And I know anytime we get into a conversation, I know it's going to be a lot of deep stuff and good. It's like cleansing for the soul, and it's great to have someone that has that kind of insight. And I'm sure there's others I know I'm going to miss, like the 
crew that I worked with at Mayflower in the kitchen and the wellness aides, those people that made going back into cooking out of necessity something that I actually now fondly look back upon. And my old Marshside crew, restaurant story time is them, but there were so many people. Maui, you became basically my second father, like Serpa. I have two stepfathers that I'm so grateful for having that kind of important male influence in my life. My grandpa and Maui and Serpa, I'm so grateful to all of you. And of course, Megan, that basically became my tag team partner in crime for so many years at the Marsh side. She saw all the same stuff as me. Liam, who was my legit prep boy tag team partner, along with Brian, we were the triple threat back in the 90s. God, I sound like it's like a yearbook or a Lifetime Achievement Award exception right now. But it's Thanksgiving. I want to shout out as many people as I can so you know how much you mean to me. I just hope all of you out there listening, even ones that I've never met before or interacted with before, know how grateful I am that you're taking a chance to listen to this podcast. And those of you that I do know, thank you. I mean, I couldn't get here without you people that I've mentioned and so many more that I'm probably forgetting and I'll feel bad, but please don't at me too much. So I hope you have a great Thanksgiving, a great holiday season. Next month on the podcast is going to be awesome. A lot of Christmas stuff. It's going to start next week with episode 47. We're going to have a new restaurant story time. Speaking of the Marsh side, it's going to have to do with battles with baked potatoes, which you'll have to listen to learn about. We're going to take a road trip to Colonial Williamsburg in Virginia. We'll go way, way back in the day to what it was like to have the Nintendo Game Boy. There'll be a new top five featuring the top five Christmas TV specials. This week in history, we'll focus on the debut of Michael Jackson's Thriller video and so much more. But thank you all so much for tuning into this special bonus episode 46. You know where to find me on all the social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, the website, ChristopherSetterland.com. I'll be back next week with a normal length episode, but have a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you all so much, and I will talk to you again soon.